he goes, oh, I've got to see this. So he immediately came out and he said, take and show me. So I went down, I showed him the tree. He said, where did it go? I said, oh, I don't know, I've been too busy. Let's have a look. So we drove around this little patch of scrub that was right next to our mangoes and we see this strip of trees uprooted and broken and everything going straight for the mangoes. So he's going, where'd it go, where'd it go? So we drove around the side and we're driving up between the mangoes and this patch of scrub and the trees are down over the road about a metre within the mango trees and it just stopped. There was not a mango on the ground but trees uprooted and he looks at me, he's not, not a Christian or nothing, he just looks at me and goes, there's only one thing to say about this. I said, oh, what's that? Hallelujah, he goes. Well, g'day guys and welcome back to the podcast. You can see here that we're in a slightly different setting. Uh, we've actually just come off the back of uh, some training that we did uh, and my guest Mitchell Curtis has been down for that training. So we've just been in Brisbane for a couple of days at what I call my 4% club, which is our larger businesses that we work with and uh, we've had a good two days and it's been wonderful. I wanted to catch Mitchell here in Brisbane because he lives in uh, in the territory which is whoop whoop and sometimes i've wanted to interview him for a while but uh internet connection is not the most stable up there so uh it was a wonderful opportunity while we're both down here in brisbane for us to jump on here and do a recording in my hotel room um all right so i'm gonna let mitchell introduce himself uh so why don't you tell the kingdom business nation who is mitchell curtis oh well initially um i'll tell you what we do we've got a group of businesses that we call King's Group. So we've got uh, Mango Farm, which is our main source of income. We've got the tyre business, bee business, and we do a fair few veggies. And we also are looking at expanding that quite significantly over the next few months and years. So that's uh, pretty much what we do. Me as a person, well, initially I was pastoring a church. I pastored for about 18 years, and I just had a passion to see the vision that God has given us for missions to be able to do stuff into India and all through the Pacific fulfilled and I noticed that when I was pastoring I was asking the same amount of people that were very generous uh, to be able to fulfill that vision I started praying Lord we need a business that can do the capacity to fulfill that vision so that requires millions uh, and I just can't keep asking the same group of people to be able to do that so it went through a fair few years of just praying that prayer and eventually on my prayer hill one night God said uh, go to Catherine and take your inheritance which was my dad's mango farm so once we got there oh so I just said all right Lord we had no money we've been pastoring for a long time and uh, just moved out in faith and we got there and the neighbors were selling at the same time so we did a deal for that so we bought dad's and the neighbors with no money so just every step of the way had to be a miracle to be able to get in. And eventually the bank, uh, after about 18 months, the bank came and gave us the money we needed to get on the ground. And we've been going since. So that's about since the time we purchased to now is about eight years. Wow. All right, we might go back to some of that story because it's really, really cool. Um, this is the Kingdom Business Podcast. So what does Kingdom Business mean for you? Uh, well, for me, because I'm coming from the, a church pastoral base going into business, I really was challenged in our business that a kingdom business is the same as if I was a pastor. So I gave my life and I'm serving according to the purpose that he had for me when I was pastoring. 
So now that I'm in business, it should be exactly the same. So I'm not actually, it's not my business, it's not my money, it's his business and his money. That's why we've called it King's because he owns it. Um, so it's basically I've surrendered my life to be CEO of his business. And, and that way we keep perspective about why we're there and what we're supposed to be achieving. And that's to put money into the kingdom of God. So if you take it that far, we actually gauge our success by how much we're giving, not by how much we're making. Well, that's phenomenal. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun too. <laughs> uh, in a weird way, it takes a bit of pressure off. Massively, yeah. Because it's not all on your shoulders now. No, well, it's his business. Yeah. i just got to hit my KPIs yeah. for the king of kings. And <laughs> you want to do that. Pressure. You yeah. want to do that. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, you've got lots and lots of stories of supernatural. Um, I, I've known you a long time um, and I've, I know some of them. And so, but I just want to throw to you, like, tell us about a time when you saw the supernatural of God in, in farming. Um, well, there are a lot of them. And some of them have been documented through media, so, or been some media event around them. One night I was, we had a hay crop in, and at the start, uh, we were really tight. And I needed my crops to be very successful, otherwise, you know, I wasn't as mature as I am now to see those things happen, so I was panicking. And eventually I got sick of going out there and praying and going, demanding that it would rain and do the things I needed for my crop. I walked out one night and said, Lord, I'm tired. This is your farm. You know it needs water. You resolve it. I'm going to bed. So about 10 o'clock that night, like there was nothing on the radar when I went to bed. 10 o'clock that night, I start seeing flashes around the curtains in the, in the bedroom. I opened up. Oh, there's a storm. So I had a look at the radar and there's this tiny little storm that came together straight over our property, dropped about 25 mil of rain, got past the boundaries of our property and dissolved. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. I can sleep easy tonight. <laughs> that was fantastic. And I woke up in the morning on the news and it's saying the Bureau of Meteorology is amazed. There was no moisture in the air over the NT, but yet there was one little storm just outside of Catherine. And it was on our hay paddock. And when we harvested the hay that year, the neighbours had exactly the same just across the fence. They got nearly nothing and we had an amazing crop. So God's good. It's his business. He looks after Praise it. Praise God. Uh, another story? Uh, there was a tornado. We were in mango season. I was really busy. And we would go up every Friday night and pray on the hill for protection of our crops and, and that every mango is protected sort of thing. And a good friend of mine rang me. He was in a supply business that we dealt with in the town. And he goes, oh, you were really lucky last night, which in Christianese is blessed. I said, yeah, I know. Why am I lucky today? And he goes, your neighbour had a tornado that went through his and ripped his shed roof off and everything. And it was right near where you're probably a, a kilometre from where your amazing crop of mangoes is that we hadn't quite finished picking. I said, oh, well, that's good. So we were picking and a few days later I went down to the, to the bottom patch where he was talking about and I seen all these sticks out in the hay paddock like 50 metres from anything. Well, what? What on earth is that? So I went out there and had a look and it was the top of a tree that had been screwed off and dumped in the hay paddock and it's like, you know, 200 metres from a mango. So I, I rang up my mate and said, hey, uh, I think I'm luckier than you think I am, which is code for blessed. And 
he goes, oh, I've got to see this. So he immediately came out and he said, take and show me. So I went down, I showed him the tree. He said, where did it go? I said, oh, I don't know, I've been too busy. Let's have a look. So we drove around this little patch of scrub that was right next to our mangoes and we see this strip of trees uprooted and broken and everything going straight for the mangoes. So he's going, where'd it go, where'd it go? So we drove around the side and we're driving up between the mangoes and this patch of scrub and the trees are down over the road about a metre within the mango trees and it just stopped. There was not a mango on the ground but trees uprooted and he looks at me, he's not, not a Christian or nothing, he just looks at me and goes, there's only one thing to say about this. I said, oh, what's that? Hallelujah, he goes. <laughs> I said, oh, you're getting it. That's, yeah, that's, that's so. awesome. Oh, hey, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Listen, I'm just here training a group here in this room, but I need you to subscribe to my channel. Guys, do you think they should subscribe to the channel? Guys, please, subscribe. You skipped over one thing that I want to go back to. You said you pray on the hill. Yes. And, um, and so for a listener, you'd be like, oh, well, I pray and I, whatever. I pray in my boardroom and then we would think that they're the same. But they're actually, they're actually nothing like each other. I've been part of uh, maybe three Friday nights of praying on the hill. Yep. Uh, and just for the listeners, this is in the territory where the hill is about one inch higher than the rest of the farm. Like it's, it, 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 there's we'll no, it the hill. there's no hill, right? It's, it's, it's this, it's just a, yeah. it's just a down, it's just a back paddock really. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember that one of the nights I was up there it was the first time I joined you for praying on the hill. And I think we had a feed first. I think you fe- you fed yeah. your whole team and, and a whole bunch of people. Um, and then we all jumped on the back of, you know, dirty old utes and we bombed through the, the farm, the red dirt at like nighttime. And we pulled up in this paddock and then, someone with a guitar and a boombox and turned all the lights off under a billion stars yeah. we just worshipped. And, and still to this day, that was one of the most spiritual experiences of my entire life. There was just something about being in the Wild West. Y- you have nothing. You wild just, North. Wild North, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you're just praying. And, yeah. uh, but it wasn't praying. This was, this was decreeing. This yeah. was releasing. Prophesying. Prophesying. We, uh, and, and obviously, you know, you led it, but it was... It was what we now know as bashing through in the spirit. And yeah. and it was all done, it was all done with God as sovereign. It wasn't, you know, demanding like a little kid. And it was all centered around, Lord, we need this to be able to do our assignment. We need this to be able to move forward. If you've called us to do this big job of funding missionaries to India, like we need this outcome and standing down the enemy and bashing it through. And and I've got to tell you, like for you, that's a lifestyle, right? You've done that every Friday night for the, the longest I can know. But why don't you tell us a bit about that? Like, w- what does it mean to you to go pray on the hill with your team every Friday night? Well, that, that was birthed out of war. So we purchased the property and about five months after we took title of the property. So it was an absolute miracle to get the property. Five months later, um, there was a virus that hit our watermelons. So watermelons was our second biggest source of income. So we'd spent about $2 million to get this crop in and the government came and just shut the gate and said, you can't sell anything, you've got to destroy everything. And there was no financial support for that. So it left us in a place like We've just had this awesome battle to get the title and get the miracles so that we can actually purchase the thing because you know, 18 years of pastoring doesn't leave you very financial. Um, and we, we saw those miracles and then immediately, it felt immediately, we get hit with this virus and this massive debt. And the only thing we could do was pray. Like the, the Word of God says that 
he'll make a way where there seems to be no way and definitely there seemed to be no way. And Sharon said, what are you going to do now? I said, well, God knew before he called us that this was going to happen, so there must be a way through, we just can't see it. So the only thing we can go up and pray, and the things that we were praying was what he told us. So we'd get on the hill and we'd say, Lord, you told us that we're going to touch the nations. You told us we're going to fund pastors uh, in India. You told us we'll make an impact in the Pacific Islands. So we just start decreeing that this is what you've told us. This is how we're going to do it. So Satan, get your hands off the plan of God. And Father, you must make a way where there seems to be no way. And in the natural, that seems uh, dynamic to do. But once we got on that hill and we, got take, we took our, our team, we took our kids, so there's probably about 13 or 14 people on a Friday night when we're really bashing through, just decreeing this stuff and holding our hands out over the mango farm and, and just decreeing this is your farm, there's your mangoes, it's your plan, it's your purpose, so therefore we're going to fulfil it. And we don't know how we're going to do that, but Lord, you must make a way. And progressively as time went on, we saw that those... Uh, the, the pathway through to be able to see that come to pass. It took about five years to get back to really stable, but it put something that was far more val valuable in us was the ability to know how to battle. So that uh, prayer thing that happens religiously at that time, because we had no option, that was the only thing we could do, uh, to now where the kids have all gone off somewhere and doing their own thing and in their own... Lives have grown up, so we're empty nesters now. Whereas it's now, at this time in life, we're sort of just on a Friday night with a couple of families in our house bashing it through. But we know that if required, that we will be on that hill. And the anointing hits, and it just, like you say, it was really dynamic. And we've had quite a few people come and say exactly the same thing. The power of what we're doing is the only reason... Look, I've got a saying now that the kingdom of... Heaven doesn't advance by finance. It advances by miracles. And as kingdom people, we need to get those miracles because funding follows a miracle. And if you can't bash down the walls and get that miracle to happen, the assignment's not going to actually be materialised so that you can actually get in and do and it. And signs and wonders follow those who believe. Absolutely. Mm. One of the things that I love so much about you and the way you operate is that you are not unemotional, but you don't get caught up in many of the highs and lows. Um, th this is how it plays out. I reckon you you just had a word of the Lord from the beginning. Yeah. So now nothing matters. Like, Correct. not that nothing matters, but you, you're like, well, it has to happen then, Lord. Like, Correct. like there's no, well, the Lord's changed his mind and he's got a different strategy. He's got, he doesn't like, change his mind. No, so, <laughs> so, and, and, and so you are almost naive in your approach to it of like, well, if he said it, he'll do it, and we've just got to do our part. And and uh, and I think that's, you know, in a world of everyone wants to be up and down and emotional, and they want to feel everything. Well, you don't feel everything, and you're not interested in feeling everything because no. the word of the Lord said at the start, and so now we have to go and do that. Yeah. I find that such a pragmatic approach in a world that's incredibly fluffy, you know. Well, you do. it still hits you, but you just choose what you're going to believe. So, you know, you look at the disciples getting in a boat and Jesus says, let's go to the other side and goes to sleep because he knows he's going to the other side. His purpose was to get to the other side and he's informed everyone of his vision. 
He's going, this is where we're going, guys. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. That's what he's going to do. And then the storm comes and the waves hit and they're screaming, Lord, we're going to die. And he just wakes up and he goes, what are you doing? Like, you have little faith. So the, what I learned early on in my journey, because the principle around what the enemy's going to do, and he does the same thing every time, is he's going to come and say, did God really say? So when I pray, I get what God says. I don't just get it fluffy. I go, I have established in my heart that's what God wants to do. And then in the, t- in the timeline of my life, I'll drive a stake in. And I'll remember I was 100% convinced on that day when God told me to do this, that this is you. And if he's done that, that means the anointing, the funding, everything that is required, every strategy that I required and every bit of funding and everything I need is in that. So when the enemy comes with a... With a a storm or a problem, I just go back to that. I don't go, oh, did I miss it or am I supposed to do something else? I know that that date. So I go back to that and when your turmoil is going on your spirit, I go back to that piece that says, no, no, I was 100% convinced that this was God. And it settles that, that issue so that you can just keep pushing. So then you go, well, there must be a way. I can't see it. But there has to be a way because you're not, you're not the God that has fun in taking us out and bringing us back. You're the Lord that's going to say, you know, I send you, you're going to hit the destination. No matter what hits you, you're going to hit that destination. So, therefore, I've just got to trust that when he said we're going, we're going. And don't stop until you get the success. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love how pragmatic that is. Um, one, simple. One, one little line that you put out before, and I want to go back to it because I want to dig as much gold out of you for my listeners as I can. You said when the virus hit the watermelons, uh, it took about five years. You just threw out a little, it took about five years to fix that. And somebody would have heard that and gone, what? Five years? Like, they, there would be people listening to this that are frustrated because they've got a problem that hasn't been fixed in five days. Or they're facing a challenge that they can't see past getting past in five weeks. Yeah. or months and here you are saying it took five years talk into that long suffering slash long-term view uh that you had to have to get through that looking back over it it's probably the most valuable thing that we've ever done it was extremely difficult but because we just dug in and said you're the god of breakthrough you're not the god of relief you're the god of breakthrough so we've just got to press in and get the breakthrough the fact that we did that, but we didn't have plan B, there was no other option, it was that or nothing. The fact that we did it and God brought us through now bears so much fruit in our lives because the people around us, that we've got a much bigger project that we're working on at the moment, the people around us are supporting us because they go, we watched you when all the wheels fell off. You just dug in, you did what you have to do, and you got through, so we want to back you. And that's proven to be, like, even though we've had a $2 million hit, all our prosperity now and the support we're receiving from businesses and funders and investors and all those things is because they saw me on that bad day just knuckle and heads down, push forward and get the job done no matter what it takes. Now they go, you know what, we trust you enough to be able to do what fulfill and support the vision that you've got to do 
And, you know, I, at the time it was, oh, Lord, what on earth's going on? And now it's thank you, Jesus, that we actually went through that difficult thing. Because if that couldn't take us, what's it going to take to take us? So we just, and we know the strategies and we know the weapons that we, we use to fight with and be able to get breakthrough. So I love it. What other disciplines have you got that you draw from, right? So, you know, I know the scale of, of, of organization and business you've built, and it's nowhere near where it will be in the coming, you know, five to 10 years. Um, prayer is obviously one, warfare is obviously one. We've heard that. But what other disciplines have you built into your life to be able to last the distance outside of, of, of prayer and warfare? I refuse to entertain the enemy's strategy. Absolutely refuse it. I won't think it. I won't verbalise it. I won't, you know, you, you look at David and Goliath and you look at what the army's doing in that situation and David's, Goliath's coming out and saying, do this, do this, do this. And then you will get this. Why is he setting the standard? Why does he get to speak into what I, what my, my eventual outcome is going to be? If God's spoken it, then I refuse to allow that to speak in, to build the fear. Because it's only the fear that makes you hold back. If you know you're going through, you just press through. Just keep praying, just keep declaring, keep doing what you need to do. Be able to get through that until you get the result that, you see in your heart and your spirit to, to get that it's only destruction to get that so the biggest discipline in me even though we're praying and doing all that is that personal stopping my brain and my heart from even receiving a single word and if someone's talking to me that's super negative pff, got no time for it you're not going to have the privilege to talk me down and, they, and people go oh you're just too up or you, it's, it's not that simple well yeah it is not, the outcome's that simple, but the war that happens in me at times, it's massive. And I remember one day, and, and God really backs you on it. One day I'm walking across the, the yard. This is not long after we got quarantined. And I'm just, oh, Lord, I'm just struggling. I've got, I've, got, I've got no go today. I feel flat. And my phone goes, beep, beep, beep. And it's my good friend Prasad from India. It's just this little text that says, oh, Mitchell, by the way, I've got a million people praying for you today. <laughs> he didn't know us. A million people praying for you today. Yeah. And you go, you got my back, Lord. <laughs> I might be flat, yeah. but <laughs> There's a few you've got going back. up. <laughs> and the other biggest dynamic is I always make sure I've got a mentor or someone that's a spiritual mentor and a business mentor to make sure that I can be transparent with them and share what's actually I'm struggling with. And, I, I, you know, Chris Peterson has been my spiritual mentor for a long time. And there's been times where I ring him. I don't wait for him to ring me. I act like a son and I ring. I go to him. Really, you know, I might have rung five times before he answered. There's been times where just every morning at 6 o'clock we would pray and sometimes I go, I've got no, no fuel in the tank, Chris. Just pray. And be able to have that support uh, so you're not on your own. Because it, it, you're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a difficult time. And you're going to get down, which happens. You've got to have people that can say, all right, I'll hold you up today. Whether it's, you know, there's been times when you've come up, Wes, and seen me struggling with stuff. And you, 
you know, simple after you've gone, you can see it, but sometimes you're in the fog and you go, I don't know what it is, but I'm just really not getting a breakthrough. And you've come up and sat with me and we've banged through it and you go, that's simple, we'll just go and do it and go to the next level. So yeah, that's very important, I think, to be able to mm. be successful. That's so good. I want to talk about money for a minute um, yeah. because uh, there's a lot of voices in the faith that will talk about money and most of those people don't have any. <laughs> so, and that's not a judgment. That's just like a, they can only end up teaching generic wisdom because, because that's, that's their experience. Um, you, you know, I mean, I know the level of business that you run today and I know that in the future with your plans, it will be, and if and maybe it's a risk of oversharing, but it'll be hundreds of millions that you will be operating in. Yeah. There's a lot of temptation that comes with hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, and I know to this point, like, cause I've been to your house and I've traveled in your car and I, you know, I know the kind of things that you spend money on and you, and you are, you, you, you show a lot of allegiance to the Lord with your finance, um, probably out of discipline. Um, but just talk to us about, you know, your, your two cents on, on creating significant wealth and not letting it own us. Yeah. When we first started we did something I called sealed our financial circle. And that is what keeps us from becoming too extravagant with the funding that we get. Every dollar has a purpose. We can either make it fulfill that purpose or do something else. I want to make it fulfill the purpose that it's been given to us for and our heart is to give. So initially we sat down and we said, well, Lord, these things here, so we went through our lifestyle our vehicles our holidays our you know how we travel where we put our kids in school all those things and we said no matter how much money you give us lord we will live to this standard and we made that a covenant to him so if someone goes oh get a lamborghini it's not in my circle i'm not going to get one unless they make a tractor well they do make a lamborghini <laughs> yeah. tractor yeah i could get a lamborghini <laughs> tractor so just that process of, of making a covenant with the Lord that, Lord, I will serve you. I've sacrificed my life to serve you in business and this is how we're going to live and being true to that before him keeps us safe from just becoming too extravagant. Because at the end of the day, I know his nature. We are going to be extremely blessed. We're already blessed outside of our circle. We're not taking it, it just comes. And you know, God honours those that do his work so because we're in the in the area of being given the power to make wealth we're we're blessed in the wealth personally um, the second thing that we do very clearly is the title of the money remains his even if it's in our hands so he's, he's, he's made it very clear to me if you can make sure that that money remains mine when it's in your hand i can put any amount of money in that hand and it's going to go where I want it to go. So I've sealed my circle to say I'm not just going to spend it on myself. And it's your money, Lord, so where do you want it to go? So I have lots of people going, you should be giving to this, you should be giving that. But we give whether we sense the Holy Ghost is saying, this is what the assignment of this dollar is to do. So not only do I got to fulfil my assignment, the funding that we produce has to fulfil its assignment as well. 
So, um, so I just want to pick on something I know that's a little bit of a deeper level because I want our listeners to get as much from you as they can because I'm not paying you, so we might as well get <laughs> as much as we can out of this. You sealed the circle with your kids too. Absolutely. And you almost set in stone, really before you had money, which I think is a real key, how the kids will live in the succession plan of the King's Group after you're gone. Correct. So talk to me about that one, because there'll be some people who, who are thinking ahead to legacy and going, I don't know how to do this kids thing. If I give them too much money, then it'll it'll be detrimental to them. So how did you navigate that? Uh, so initially, when we first moved there, we thought that was the big thing, doing the farm. That's going to be the thing that creates millions of dollars for the kingdom of God. We went through that process and we got back on our feet after the, the virus and everything, and then another bigger thing came. So we had started, we, I think we purchased the property for about $7 million and we've been there seven years and it's three times that value now. So we've done a lot of stuff but valuations have gone up. So when we got to the point that I realised that we're going to do an even bigger thing, that's not actually for my, I won't receive the full benefit of that. We'll get some benefit because planting mango trees takes seven to ten years before it's in full production. So I'm 53, 54. I'm going to be 63, 64 before it starts to really generate. So I realise that that's not actually for me. That's for my kids. So if my kids are going to do it, I need to make sure they've got the kingdom values that we have. So called a family meeting and said, guys, this is what God's asked me to do. What I need from you guys is to commit to that. And commit to the same values, the same sealing of the circle, the same kingdom principle, because that's where the anointing is. If we fulfil that, the line of the king's group will continue through the generation and those, those kids have got to teach their kids. I'll have the blessing of being able to speak into my grandkids. But after that, they've got to have it to the point that I've got it to be able to take it through to, be, to achieve the legacy that God's got for it. He wants people to generate income for the kingdom. The kingdom's far more enduring than my lifespan, so therefore it needs to go through that whole journey. So I've got to prepare the kids to understand the anointing, understand how to deal with funding, and understand the purpose of why we are being given the responsibility of so much funding. And as they grab that, then they will step up. So we're on a 10-year succession plan. I've got to get them in early so that they can then take the whole business to the next level and I just be a cheerleader and walk around and cheer them on. I love it because you've set them up to win. Right? Well, they have to win, All yeah. the money in the world will actually set them up to lose. Correct. But, it, but they've got a, a set amount to live off and they know exactly the heart of the kingdom and the heart of King's Group yep. and, uh, and they'll be able to walk that, walk that forward. And it's their choice to do that. Yeah, you didn't We go, them. this is what we've done. Mm -hmm. You've got to go and pray and you can set your circle. If you want a Lamborghini and God's happy with that, you can have your land. I don't care what it is, as long as it's in the circle. Yeah. But outside that... You can't keep going back for more and more. No, and no, more. no. Yeah. That's two, more, two more questions. Um, what's your favourite scripture? Uh, James 1. What does it say? Consider it pure joy, dear brethren, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and when perseverance has finished its work, you will be lacking no good thing. And my understanding of that like everyone talks about you've got to have faith but faith is just the pathway to perseverance 
And the word says that when perseverance is finished, that's when you get something. So I just get off on it. All right. I love it. Final question. Um, how is the kingdom of God better off because of the life of Mitchell Curtis? Well, I hope that you can fast forward two or three generations and see that the kingdom of God is being funded and expanded because of the grassroots effort I made here. And at this point, I believe that's going to come to pass. I love it. So, guys, do me a favor. Right? We've covered a fair bit of ground on this one. And uh, um, I love interviewing people that I know. You know, I, I would call you a great friend. You know, it started as a business relationship, but it's become a great friendship. And Absolutely. the times I spend up on your farm, I mean, it's a four-hour flight. It's uh, And then a three-hour drive. Like, That's it's it. no small thing to get there. But there's, there's such there's such rich times, you know, and we have fun. And, and, and But it's also, it's assignment-based, right? right? We know, w w we are connected because we... We want the assignment of God in our lives. And I think that's, that's, that's such a bond. What I want you guys to do is that if you're watching this or listening, I want you to think through, you know, what are the top three things that jumped out to you during this episode of the podcast, right? There was a fair bit in there, but there'll be kind of, there'll be kind of three things that kind of leap on the inside when you're listening. And then I really want you to go one step further and go, okay, what's the top one thing? And then I want you to put that in the comments. I'd love it if you just kind of go, okay, the top one thing that jumped out to me that Mitchell said was this, and then just throw that in the comments. That's where I can engage with you and uh, and build that community with you guys online. That would be amazing if you would do that. Mitchell, thanks for coming down. Got one last thing. You got okay, one last thing. Is it there's a there's a pastor in you, right? That needs to <laughs> just needs to have, just have the, the last, last say. say. <laughs> have the last righto. Say. Uh, just a little statement: that God is not the God of relief; He's the God of breakthrough. If we can get that in our heads. And I'm not looking for relief. I need the breakthrough. You're going to find it. You get through a whole lot more battles a lot quicker. I love it. That's so powerful. Amen. Thanks, mate. So good to hang out with you and have a chat. And Thanks. It's an honor to be able to be here. And, and introduce you to the, to the KB nation that we've got around the world. Thank you, guys. Excellent. I'll see Thanks, you guys. on the next episode.